If you only have a 401k, you're not getting the most for retirement. Wait, what? Add a Robinhood IRA on top, then they'll boost it by 3%. You can do that? And if you transfer in any retirement account, you get 3% on top of that. Is there a limit to the match? No limit. Robinhood Gold gets you the biggest contribution match of any IRA on the market. Sign up for Robinhood Gold at Robinhood.com slash boost by April 30th. Subscription fees apply. Investing involves risk. 3% match requires gold for one year from first match. Must keep IRA for five years. Match on transfers subject to additional terms and conditions. Robinhood Financial LLC. Member SIPC. Prime Headlines is brought to you by Don't take risks. Use a condom every time. And thanks to Malatu, I kicked out Malaya one time. Some spices. Yes, sir. A great minister, Brian Champon, clashes with minority leadership at Ford Buffer Stock Company as the NDC group visited the suppliers who have been picketing for days over 217 million cities owed them. Meanwhile, Speaker of Parliament, Direct Finance, a great and education ministers appeared before Parliament over the situation. Uh, also, the Ghana Prison Service reduces number of persons remanded in prison custody with expired warrant to five details as MPs urge the service to ensure remand inmates have their cases determined expeditiously. At 8 p.m., I hand over to Paris Kojoba to bring us prime business. And senior finance lecturer at the University of Ghana, Dr. Benjamin Amwa, says banks cannot be held responsible following the domestic detection program. But to be difficult for me to say that uh, a bank should be held responsible, they appear to me to be more of primary dealers whose responsibility was more to sell the bond. Later, Razak Musbao will bring us prime sports. Our former Black Stars captain Asamajan charges the Ghana Football Association to take a cue from Morocco to help save the ailing Ghana football. We're live on DSTV channel 421 and GoTV channel 125 around the world on myjoyonline.com. This is the home of independent, fearless, and credible journalism. Please stay for details. Join News Prime Headlines was brought to you by don't take risks use a condom every time and thanks to malatu i kicked out malaya one time some spices yes sir now 
there was a fierce clash between Minister for Food and Agriculture and the leadership of the minority at the National Food Buffer Stock Company when the NDC group went to visit the picketing suppliers. The suppliers have been picketing for almost a week, over 270 million cities owed them. The clash came about after the Agri Minister accused the NDC group of politically mobilizing the picketers to continue their protest despite assurance by government that they will be paid. Parliamentary Affairs Correspondent Kwekwa Zante reports. On Friday, whilst MPs were commenting on the business statement for the week, two NDC MPs, Samuel Okujetua Blackwa and Peter Notukotoy, raised the issue of the debt owed the food suppliers by the National Food Buffer Stock Company Limited. The Speaker then consequently directed that the three ministers, Education, Finance and Agric, appear before the House to apprise MPs on why the situation is still lingering. But just after the Speaker had done that, the minority leader led a group of NDC MPs, including a former Deputy Communications Minister, to go to the Food Buffer Stock Company Limited, where the food suppliers had been picketing for almost a week now. According to them, government has now contracted some other persons who are now supplying the food to these, um, to these schools and other institutions which need a supply of the NAFCO. This money has been with buffer stock without any interest on it. We are going to be giving that money without interest. At the time we supplied maize, maize a bag was 160 CDs. Today, maize a bag is 800 CDs. At the time, beans was 500 CDs. As I speak with you, beans is about 1,200. A, a, a carton of milk was 72 CDs. Today, a carton of milk is almost 200. So what I, the reason why I'm, I'm telling you about all this figure is that the working capital, our working capital has reduced drastically. Even if today we are paid the same amount, we cannot longer supply the same quantity as we did in 2001. So all we are appealing to those who matter in this country is that these are aged women. They rely on this fund for survival. In fact, the, the delay of this money has threatened their, their essence of existence. And that is why we have decided to pick it, because it looks as if we don't have anyone to take care of us. Just when the minority were engaging the leadership of the Food Buffer Stock Company Limited, the Minister for Food and Agriculture, Brian Achampong, barged in and actually clashed with the minority leadership. He accused them of inorganically getting these women to come together to pick it at the National Buffer Stock Company Limited. You stop. Anytime you talk, no, no, let me just address, 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 like attacking now. Anytime you speak, no, no, no. I'm here to address you. I, as soon as, no, don't run away from here. Let's not address you. Let's not here. Let's talk to you. It's a member of parliament. We want to talk to you. And then we all go. We are ready. We want to talk to you. We know what to do. We want to talk to you. We know what to do. We clearly want to talk to me. It comes to the Yeah, so, so say that. Say that. You should have said that. But you are attacking me on public. Anytime you speak to me, stop attacking me. Anytime you speak there, you try to attack me. No, stop that thing. Stop that attitude of yours. We recognize that the economy may be broke, but even in broke economy, 
we provide adequately for the vulnerable, particularly these people within the social net. And so we are very, very concerned. And so that's why we came. Maybe you will take turn to, if there's something you tell us. It's, it's unfortunate that the CEO himself is not here. We don't really want to put you on the spot. But since we're a deputy, your boss should be here. And he's not here. Maybe we'll allow you to say a word or two to us and if there's something we can do to assist. We are more interested in the solution, the solution, how to resolve the matter. That's the main reason why we came here. Nothing more, nothing less. Yes, it is the case that um, these suppliers have supplied some goods to buffer stock. Yes, they've made demands for their money. Yesterday, I came and spoke with them and assured them that uh, whatever work was being done uh, to reconcile the numbers and get them paid, I will ensure that it is expedited. They all left last night. So I am surprised that just when the NDC minority group were coming here, they regrouped to put up this uh, uh, spectacular show. But I want to assure Ghanaians, that the issue is simple. They have supplied and they want to be paid. We are working on it. By the end of the day today, I will know exactly when uh, they will be paid and then I will talk to the secretary as I promised them. If you say that if you say that some people have, have some people have gone to mobilize them to come back. For me, it is an insult to the suppliers. If we had solved this problem long ago, we wouldn't have gotten where we are. And we are stakeholders in governance of this country. And therefore, we have every right. They are constituent, they are Ghanaians. We have every right to come and have first-hand information so that when this issue appears on the floor of the House, we know what to say. Eventually, they were able to have some form of agreement. And now what they are saying is that the food buffer stock company limited will make these payments to these food suppliers within the shortest possible time. Reporting for joining you, Kukua Sante, Parliament House, Accra. Now, Speaker of Parliament has directed ministers of education, finance and agreed to appear before Parliament next week over the picketing of suppliers of the National Food Buffer Stock Company. The suppliers are owed 270 million cities. We'll hear from the Speaker shortly first. Listen to North Tongo MP Samuel Okujutu Ablakra raising the issue on the floor. Mr. Speaker, I'm referring to the ongoing picketing and demonstrations at the Buffer Stock Company Limited. Food suppliers across the country have besieged the place and over the last four days running into the fifth day continuously, they have been at the mercy of the vagaries of the weather, sleeping rough. Mr. Speaker, last night the Honorable Minority Leader and I have his permission to, 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 to talk about that. He shared a video with me from the grounds, how the women were wailing, rolling on the floor. Uh, Mr. Speaker, I was so depressed. I went to bed last night really, really troubled, Mr. Speaker. I recall that, I recall, Mr. Speaker, that only last year you paid a surprise visit to the buffer store company, specifically on the 23rd of June 2022. And Mr. Speaker himself warned 
The speaker had foresight. He had vision. He warned that the situation was deteriorating and the speaker was not listened to. Now here we are, matters are totally out of control. So, Mr. Speaker, I want to appeal to you that the Honorable Minister for Education and the Honorable Minister for Agri should be programmed to appear before this House urgently. And possibly we should add the Minister for Finance, because we are hearing that uh, the Minister for Education made a request for financial release and it has not been acceded to. So these three ministers, Mr. Speaker, they have to appear before us. These are our mothers. These are also our children who are starving. We cannot, Mr. Speaker, gloss over this matter for a whole week next week. Now, ranking member on the Education Committee, Peter Nochukoto, who has also visited the suppliers uh, who have been picketing, lamented the lack of action. I happened to visit the women on Wednesday at the Mafastock uh, headquarters and the conditions under which they were, in fact, living was very uh, bad. So, Mr. Speaker, I remember last year you set up a, a committee uh, involving uh, education, agric, health, and um, gender. Um, a committee couldn't meet up to today. And uh, I reminded you of, uh, the, of the issue sometime. And uh, I hope that, Mr. Speaker, this is a, a time again to take a second look at the committee so that uh, we see what we can. Because they are being owed over 278 million Ghana cities for two years. And the unfortunate thing also is that um, they have uh, sidelined them. They no longer even supply the food to the senior high schools. So, Mr. Speaker, there is the need for Parliament to intervene on their behalf. So, here is Speaker of Parliament, Alban Bagbin, directing that the ministers appear before the House to explain why the suppliers have not been paid and the roadmap to paying them. And so, I agree that the Business Committee should program for the three ministers to come before the House. The three ministers are the ministers for finance, food and agriculture, and education to tell us why the challenge will be able to assist the executive to solve some of these problems. That is why we are establishing the committee on ways and needs. So please, Honorable Clement Apak, you are on point and I now wait on your reaction to this matter. Well, to other stories now, and the Ghana Prison Service says uh, they have been able to reduce the number of persons remanded in prison custody with expired warrant to five from 125. The Auditor General in 2021 reviewed that warrant of 125 persons remanded at the male section of Insawa Medium Security Prisons had expired. This contrasts number 171 of the Ghana Police Service.
Police Service Instructions 2018, which required that expired commitment warrants to short sentence prisoners be forwarded to the Director General of Prisons for the warrant to be sent back to the court that issued them. The Auditor General in the report therefore recommended a liaison between the Director General of Prisons and the Ghana Police Service to work on the renewal of expired warrant or expedite action on such cases for final judgment. Facing the Public Account Committee of Parliament Friday, the Director General of the Ghana Prison Service, Isaac Kofi Ejir, revealed that the situation has changed drastically. On our chair, um, we'll be able to dialogue with police and work on it. Out of the 125 expired warrants, as, to as of today, we are left with six to be taken care of. And uh, we contacted the police, and they've indicated, indicated the dates that they will be coming for them as attached to the reports. Um, so how long have these six been in your custody since the uh, expiration of the warrants? No, We have one who has spent one year every month. A second one also have, has spent one year three months. We have also one year two months. Yes, please. Sir, that sounds very serious, though. I don't know what kind of offenses that uh, they committed. By being there one year, two months, on expired warrant, almost all of them are murder. Murder. Yes, please. Um, auditors, could you confirm what they're saying, please? The number of inmates out there. Honorable Chair, per our status, we still have 45 inmates. Still left with unexpired warrant. With expired warrant as against the 11. Thank you. Sir, Ghana Prison Service, your number is different from what the auditors have. Honorable Chair, we updated just yesterday. Oh. It's with them. So, but you gave the information to them yesterday. Yes, Honorable Chair. But you had the letter. Some weeks ago that you were coming here. Honorable Chair, as I said, we kept dialoguing with the police for them to come for the email. So as and when they come, then we update the auditors. Now, members of the committee, Kofi Adams and Roxy Nelson, the Fiamapo, urged the service to ensure that remand inmates have their cases determined expeditiously. It's good the prison services have allowed the media access to some of their facilities and to bring out some of these concerns about forgotten remand uh, uh, prisoners and some of them may just be maybe even allegations not because not proven yet and the more we keep them there not taking them through the full judicial process for cases to be determined, the more we are keeping them in custody, sometimes for um, an offense 
that may not be properly proven in in court uh, later so the prison service should also help on their own and have proper record so they can alert the the police to act much more quicker than they are doing and not wait for auditors to come in and review before some actions are taken. Maybe this is just in Sawam. We don't know the situation in other, uh, in other areas. I'm still shocked for auditors to determine that we still have inmates whose warrants have expired. And we, are not, we are not arranging... Dr. Rick here. Another sign you're becoming your parents is getting particular about details that don't matter. The craziest thing happened when we got tacos the other day. Was it Wednesday or Thursday we got tacos? I know it wasn't Tuesday because that's when I went to my hairdresser. Shoot, what day was it? See how we all lost interest there? Progressive can't help you from becoming your parents, but we can help you compare rates on home insurance with HomeQuote Explorer. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company affiliates and third-party insurers. Comparison rates not available in all states or situations. Prices vary based on how you buy. I'm yesterday with prosecution, police prosecution, and the AG's office to have them reviewed and revised and fresh orders given. So going forward, I think that if, if you submit the monthly report to prosecution, you should be alerting the ages. If you alert the ages, I think that they, they normally, as part of the Justice for All programs, they can factor some, some of these people well, joining us now is Chief PR of the Ghana Prison Service, Chief Superintendent Vitalis Ayer. Grateful to you for joining us. First, what does it mean for someone to be in custody on a spied warrant? Hello, sir. Um, uh, Chief Superintendent Ayer, uh, I want to first of all understand what it means for someone to be on remand uh, with an expired warrant. All right, uh, let, let's speak to uh, lawyer Samson Ayani, who is also joining us. Uh, he is, uh, he's been leading a project advocating uh, for policy and legislative reforms to change this kind of situation. Uh, he's joined us now. Lawyer, I'm grateful for you to join us. Um, first, can we understand what it means for someone to be you know, on remand on an expired warrant? Race. It means you have been accused of an offense, you have been arraigned before the court, the court does not grant you bail, so you are asked to be taken back to custody and to be brought back at a certain time. And then the time you are supposed to be brought back you get the excuses. So oftentimes there is no fuel or there's no vehicle or there is the officer who is supposed to take this person and take them there is not around. So their, their warrants expire and they are in, the, in custody illegally and they are being there. That's, that's what it means. Mm. Mm, okay. Now, you, you are on a project to ensure that this changes. How is your project helping to change this narrative? So, my project, uh, Prison Change, the, 
you would have followed us and followed me initially and you would think that we are simply just seeking to solicit uh, funding and get food supplies, uh, medical supplies and toiletries for uh, prison inmates. But um, our focus now is to seek both policy and legislative changes uh, because that will be lasting. Now, you would know that the prison population far and over and above the permitted numbers that are supposed to be in the prisons. Mm. Um, Even those numbers that will be said to be sort of okay uh, to be in the prisons is even too much. So if it's overflowing uh, to the extent that you have in excess of about 5,000 or so who are, you know, joining the crowd it is very bad so the solution is to reduce the numbers to decongest the prisons um, the <clears throat> justice for all is a good program but a more lasting way which we are advocating uh, from my side as a prison change uh, advocacy is that we first of all need to prioritize and pass the community sentencing bill into law so that people have the opportunity of being sentenced to work, not to go to the prisons, but being sentenced to go and provide service. There are people who are professionals who are convicted. They shouldn't be thrown into the prisons. They can be asked to do one work or the other, even their own uh, professional services. There are some who are teachers and so on and so forth. They can do some of these things. It happens elsewhere. There are some who are health professionals. So first of all, let's prioritize the uh, community sentencing bill so that once we have a community sentencing law, people who go uh, who, are, who are giving custodial sentence could get this kind of, you know, regime, benefit from it. Mm. First, we'll not be feeding them, we'll not be spending money, that, and the feeding is very terrible. We'll not have to uh, look for places for them to sleep, and all of those facilities are terrible. Mm. Then second, it is important to have specific timelines within which especially pre-trial detainees should not continue to be in the prisons if their matters, their matters have not been dealt with. So if we have legislative, uh, as it were, and, 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 and uh, policies, that says that if you are accused of X offense, your matter should be tried within this particular time. Mm. And if you have been put into remand, you are not supposed to be in remand up to this number of days or weeks or months. We will help reduce... Uh, the the congestion that we have in the prisons. Okay, okay. Any signs of your advocacy yielding a change or some result? I am happy about the fact that in collaboration with the Commonwealth Human Rights Initiative, we brought back the discussion on the uh, community sentencing bill, which had gathered dust many years ago and was forgotten. And then we got the Attorney General involved 
in discussions, particularly on uh, the law show on, on the Joy News Channel, and we got some commitments that it will see the light of day uh, sometime soon. Okay. And so uh, that is refreshing, hoping that uh, that will be passed. And that is the critical, most important law that we need, so that the custodial sentencing regime you know, it's, it's done away with as the only way to punish people. It's, it's not the best at all. Mm. All right. Uh, but stay a little while longer with me because tomorrow on Newsfile, you have the fifth edition of the Joy Change Speaker Series. We know the spotlight is on the Ghanaian media. Why the focus on the media this time? Well, the University of Ghana Department of Communication Studies, at the start of this year, committed resources through the U.S., uh, through uh, U.S. Department, through the uh, Media Foundation for West Africa. They sourced money and did good research and produced the document. That is the State of the Ghanaian Media Report 2023. Mm. A lot of insights and revelations are there how poorly journalists are paid, um, how uh, the ownership of some media is opaque and is unhelpful, how journalists suffer threats and how they are actually at risk and how some are being maimed and so on and so forth. So we decided that as a top leadership program, we should give a lot more focus to that important document and to put a to narrow down mm. on the duty that has been handed to journalists in the constitution, and that duty is that we have a, a role in national development. So, how are we playing that role? How effectively are we doing that? And what are the challenges and the difficulties that may be faced? Okay. That's why we have assembled these experience you know, academics and also practitioners to help us tomorrow uh, from 9 a.m. till 12 uh, to brainstorm and bring out some recommendations to assist us moving forward. Okay. Uh, so what should viewers and listeners expect tomorrow? The Change Speaker Series typically is to get the experienced hands to... To, to make very significant statements that will influence the course of the particular subject area that we are dealing with. So you can expect that there will be, you know, frank discussions, uh, thought-provoking, you know, ideas and innovative ideas that will be churned out and hopefully it will help going forward to help us focus more properly on our development agenda as the media as required in Article 162, Clause 5 of the Constitution, which says that our cardinal job as the media is to uphold the principles, the provisions, and the objectives of the Constitution. And the objectives of the Constitution includes, or more particularly, has to do or have to do with development, developing the democracy, social development, health, the economy, education, and so on and so forth. We have been doing that, but 
um, what is missing is what we will pay attention to. Mm. Wish you all the best tomorrow, and we will be following as well. Grateful uh, to, for joining us here. Lawyer Samson Ladi Ayenini is a, a legal practitioner and a host of uh, the News File Show here on the Joy News Channel. We'll take a quick break. Do stay with us. My name is Tina. I am a person living with HIV. I got to know my HIV status after I gave birth and lost the child because of HIV. In those days, prevention of mother-to-child transmission services had low patronage due to fear and stigmatization. Today, many HIV-positive women have delivered negative children. I follow the guidelines and take my HIV medicine called ARVs every day as prescribed by my doctor. This makes me strong and healthy and also prevents me from passing HIV onto any future child. Please, avail yourself of PMTCT services when pregnant. It is the only way to ensure you do not pass the HIV onto your baby during birth or pregnancy. If you have tested for HIV recently and it was negative, test again when pregnant. If you have tested positive, go to the hospital after birth as directed by your healthcare provider. Your baby will be given medicine immediately and tested to ensure baby and mother are well. Let us work together to have an HIV-free generation. Our children must be free to shine. like becoming an entrepreneur aside academics is never going to be possible when you're in school mainly because we feel that we are young and we don't have the resources and the guts to be one but if you believe in yourself and you have the passion to become an entrepreneur then you already are staying ahead in a highly competitive environment requires applying creativity and innovation to every aspect of your journey to becoming an entrepreneur Presently, entrepreneurship is driven by creativity and innovation to attain business objectives. The explosion in technology, business, entrepreneurship, and consumption in this new era is as a result of the ongoing application of innovation. Milton Bell once said, if opportunity doesn't knock, build a door. So, if you are ready to be an entrepreneur, Heritage Christian College is ready for you. Heritage Christian College moves you from a wantrepreneur to become an entrepreneur. Hey, Charlie, what number? The malaria really knocked you down, eh? Charlie, no joke. Fever, headache, vomiting, loss of appetite. I couldn't even eat my usual fufu. <laughs> you and your fufu. But I hope you got it tested before the malaria treatment. Yes, I did. And thanks to Malatu, I kicked out malaria one time. When malaria strikes, take Mala 2, containing Arthemeter and Lumifantrin. Comes in tablets and suspension for effective treatment of malaria. Great to have you back. Thank you. Thank you. No problem. 
Mala 2 is suitable for adults and children. Manufactured and distributed by NS Chemist Limited. This advertisement has been vetted and approved by the FDA. Many people think I get whatever I want because I'm a popular actress. But no, that is not true. Mia Kasano, Adibia Mia Biano, Mishishim Papano. And when I find it, I stick to it. Mashishim and your bell pack tissues. Bell pack and a tea roll. Bell pack tea roll. Soft, but not weak. Strong, but not hard. It is smooth. Miyusua, Mehotome. It's just perfect. Same as the kitchen towel. Uti bakwa, uti mi de pepaye, uti mi soki, eti mu esa pepa. One bell pack kitchen towel lasts longer and saves you money. It's time you switch to bell pack today. Say your pocket tissue, table napkin, tea roll, and a kitchen towel. Bell pack is simply the best. It's just perfect. With the Equibank salary account, you will enjoy free life insurance, free debit card, save while you spend, and an amazing chance to double your salary. And even more consolation rewards in the Equibank double salary promo reloaded. This Equibank salary account sounds interesting. What do you think? But maybe next time, Charlie, you know what? I'd go shy my shoe. Yo, myself, I'd go check my BP. We going up, never go down, and we stay flat. Open an Ecobank salary account today for a lifetime of benefits. You also stand a chance to win more than double your salary in the Ecobank double salary promo reloaded from now till July 31st. Terms and conditions apply. Daddy, Daddy, this tank is big! Yes, that's true. It can store a lot of water. That's so true. Wow, it has a working surface on it. Mm-hmm, that's so true. I can see S, I, N, T, E, X. That is so true, my daughter. But it's further into spiral. That's not true. But why? Why? <laughs> Syntex was the first to introduce double layer tanks in Ghana. Syntex again was the first to introduce white inner layers in Ghana. Syntex gives you the biggest warranty seven years. No matter your water needs, Syntex is the answer. Syntex tank. Are you strong? Are you tough? From the break now to help ease the financial burden of parents who cho- whose children suffer from childhood cancers, uh, the National Health Insurance Authority has added the treatment of such conditions onto the scheme. Addressing a section of the media, the chief executive officer of NHIA, Dr. Bernard Okoboy, disclosed that his outfit has already made some payment to claims some health facilities brought for treatment of some childhood cancers. 
He added that by next year, mental health treatment will be covered by the National Health Insurance. Dr. Ko Boy observed that mental illness such as depression, bipolar, and the likes are treatable, so plans are far advanced for all such conditions to be ruled under the mental health treatment on an NHIS for benefit of the citizenry. The childhood cancers, um, director claims. We've received claims, right? I think we've even paid for some. We've paid some hospitals already for the care. Every payment we've made, had it not been for us, parents had to find the money for that. Remember, anything you bring on board, at least you need some window for things to be very smooth. Let me also admit, immediately we brought it on board. Sometimes you have some of the people we negotiated for the medicines we put on coming to you that, can you now review the prices for us? And uh, sometimes people can be strategic in their behavior. You hear of some shortage here and there because they'll tell you, oh, try and review the price. Partners must be committed to what has been agreed to until there are changes. It's not fair to us that a package which is running, you see some shortages here and there, and then you later hear that, oh, it's because I want you to change prices. We are committed to realistic prices. But at least let's stick to what we have on paper. So the childhood cancers, as we speak, we are paying for those that we have agreed to. But as of mental health, it is coming on board, God willing, um, beginning of 2024. Would it will come to, uh, to our benefits um, package. Now, four fishermen are alleging that personnel of the Eastern Command of the Ghana Navy in Tema last Saturday assaulted them at sea, held them for hours, and made away with their catch their worth about 20,000 cities at gunpoint. One of the victims, Joshua Labi, tells Joy News that four of them set sail on Tuesday, June 27, around 5 p.m. and planned to return before close season is enforced on July 1. The fishers say they have experienced a challenge delaying their return. Correspondent Kwame Yanka has more in the following report. Close season has become an integral part of the fishing calendar as this year is being observed from July 1 to July 31 for artisanal fishers and July 1 to August 31 for industrial trawlers to ensure sustainable fishing in the country. The four fishers set sail on Tuesday, June 27 and had planned to return before closure of the sea on July 1. One of the fishers, Joshua Labi, says personnel of the Ghana Navy assaulted them for not returning to shore before July 1. He shares his ordeal as he believes they did no wrong. But you said to you said to have a crop here, but you have your machine higher, ain't it? You have two uncle no break cutters, baby are shipping down one. And you say worship nearby. Or the pan we go or go down in the moon or be home here. Or be home here almost see then a year. You catch them say, yeah, machine higher. Yeah, machine higher, ain't it? I say, I'm better now, boy. I'm going to see. And then, no fishing. Yes, we are to me, cash. And cash is to share. And now, two, CCS. Three other colleagues had a fair share of the ordeal with their personnel pointing their guns at them and seizing their catch and damaging their canoe and outboard motor. Now, some staff of Metropolitan Municipal Industrial Assemblies in the Ashanti region have been interdicted over missing general counterfoil receipt books. Ashanti Regional Minister Samuel Osei-Mingsa has described the trend as worrying, expressing fears the receipt could be used for extortion. Nanajima reports the Regional Coordinating Council has initiated a full-scale investigation. The Offenso, Akrofum, Achimampunia and Swami local assemblies are among areas where the trend has been discovered. 
chief executive officers, coordinating directors and finance officers in the affected areas are being held responsible for the missing receipt books. Ashanti Regional Minister Simon Osemensa says the Regional Coordinating Council is awaiting a report of an investigation committee for the appropriate action to be taken. Well, we've even interdicted some people. Uh, there was a committee in place investigating some of them, the very serious ones. Uh, we have a committee that is at the end of the committee's report, then we will know the next action to take. If there's a need for us to dismiss some of them, we will do that. If there's a need maybe to report to local government service to take certain action, we do that. You know, uh, those under finance, that's the finance officers, they are all under controller and accountant general. They are not local government staff. Yes. So at the end of the report, then we know the sanctions to apply. Nonetheless, all 43 MMDAs in the Ashanti region have submitted their first quarter financial statements. Three of them were returned for correction of errors. The assemblies generated over 24 million cities out of a target of 26.5 million cities, representing 92.7% of the targets. 17 of the MMDAs exceeded their quarterly budgets. Mr. Osaimensa, who was satisfied with the performance, spoke about measures adopted to improve revenue mobilization. Last year, it was somewhere around 70%. And some or most of the assemblies had collected even less than 50%. But this year, there's significant improvement. Maybe it's the, the monitoring is a factor. Now we look at their fa financial statement. You know, they submit financial statement every month. And then I request the chief local government inspector to also give me a report on the financial statement. So I look at the assemblies and call them and say, you have to back up in this area. You have to back up in that area. That, this is one of the factors. The, my regional internal auditor is also doing very well, and the budget officer is doing very well. So the monitoring has improved. We do both... Uh, external and internal monitoring. You know? Now, First Lady Rebecca Kufuado has stated that women are natural good managers and committed to being financially independent to take care of their children. She therefore urged organizations who have programs of working with women to teach them not only to do, do, well, do well financially, but also believe in their abilities to shape their world. Mrs. Rebecca Kufuado made a statement at the launch of the Women for Sustainable Development at Jirapa. Join us as our West Regional Correspondent, Rafik Salam, report from Jirapa. Over 500 women drawn from over 77 women groups in the Jiriba municipality of the Upper West Region took part in the launch of the non-governmental organization Women for Sustainable Development, WUSOD. It was on the team Breaking the Barriers through sustainable development for women. The core functions of WUSOD is to accelerate the comprehensive development of women and other vulnerable groups through various vocational and technical skills training and developmental programs. It is also to identify and build the capacity of women and other vulnerable groups. Deputy Chief Executive Officer of the Zongo Development Fund, Isa Salifu Dagati, who also doubles as the founder for WUSOD, narrated what pushed her into establishing the women-centered non-governmental organization. This Susu thing where 
when their fellow women are in need, they will go and borrow. So I asked her, what did they have in their box that day? She said, oh, in fact, uh, they didn't have anything they are trying to retrieve. And sometimes all they put in is 20 pesos on market days, whatever they could get. And then, um, so I, I found that very intriguing. And um, the money I had on me, uh, that homecoming, actually went into all the susu boxes. I'm not coming to groom my fellow women to start saying we've grown big shoulders. No. First Lady Rebecca Akufo-Adu, who was billed to be at the launch, was unable to do so, but she did through virtual presentation. Our women don't want or need handouts. They want and need training, access to finance, and understanding of the market. They need to see themselves as capable managers of their own livelihood. Women are naturally good managers and committed to being financially independent so they can take care of their families. What they need is for society to build them up and encourage them. Muslim scholar and board member of the Zogno Development Fund, Sheikh Abdul Mumin Dalhu, underscored the important role women plays in the society. They provide care, support, and nurturing to their families and are essential to the development of children. The launch also had a royal touch from the Juba Transitional Council pledging their support for the initiative. Reporting for the news, Rafi Salam, Now, after making a debut qualification to the national tournament, Brekum Methodist Senior High and Technical School ceases not to astound their contenders as they surprisingly progressed to the finals of the Bono Ahafo Zono Championship for the first time. With an unbroken resolve to prevail, contestant of the school moved from negative two points in the first round to boot out Notre Dame girls SHS after four tiebreaker questions. On the day, three other schools, including defending champions St. James Seminary, also secured slot at the final stage of the regional competition. Emmanuel Bright, quick report from Sinyain. At the end of round two, Methodist Senior High Technical School, Brickham, is owing me two points. So you have minus two. Atebubu Senior High School had three points. Notre Dame Girls Senior High School had seven points. After silence in the Brekum camp, after the quiz mistress announced scores for the three schools at the end of the second round, the school had moved from a zero-point score at the end of the first round to a deficit score of two in the second round. Their hopes of winning were almost shattered. But with an unwavering spirit to push through, the contestants nullified their negative score in the third round to secure eight points behind North Redan Girls SHS and eventually ending the contest in a tiebreaker. Then AE times BE equals CE times DE. Is this true or false? Yes, Methodist. True. That is correct. So congratulations to you, Methodist Senior High Technical School. This is 
coming as a surprise. During the qualifiers, you qualified to the first time to the national tournament. And today you are qualifying again to the first, get the first time to the finals. How does this make you feel? I told you this year is our year. And I'm saying it again. That is a year for mistake. So the surprises are just going to be more. Is this surprise coming from John Wesley or something? How we are managing to get this thing? Sure, yeah. sure. Yeah. All right, so you're still watching John News Prime. We'll take a quick break. We'll bring you showbiz afterwards. Introduce Investment Limited. Welcome back. Time for us to do showbiz. And the queen with the gist is back on your TV. Hiya. It's a Friday, Brace. It's a Friday. And today we're telling you all about songs that has been released. Okay. Today, okay. first, let's talk about Diana Hamilton, award-winning gospel recording artist, singer, and songwriter Diana Hamilton has released her first single of 2023, titled Say Amen. Say Amen is birth out of a place of faith and belief in the things God has said in his words. In the song, Diana draws our attention to the power of our declarations and places 
a demand on the integrity of God that whatever we declare and decree by faith shall be established as the Bible says in Job 22 verse 28. Take a listen. Say amen is out. So go out there and you know stream the song support Diana Hamilton's ministry. Brace the talk about Kofi Osupepa. Remember that? Uh, Ma, I'm sure you've listened to his rendition of the uh, song that we've all you know been listening to. Ma, okay. you, you remember? You remember? So I had a conversation with him, and uh, he says that this particular song has shot him into fame, and he's not stopping now. I, I give glory to God and also honor my father. He's, he's a Reverend George Osumensa. Rops, the original composer of Machene Radiani. Wherever you are, Papa, God bless you. He, he gave me the opportunity to write the songs. I didn't pay anything. I was going to ask whether... You know. You know what I mean? No, no, but of course, I mean, intermittently, I send... That's it, you're, 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 getting, you're getting the royalties for... No, no, so, so I send him my offerings. Okay. Yeah, I send him my offerings, so, but, but, but thank you so much, yeah. And then he gave me the opportunity, the song is originally, um, the song was originally written in 1987. Mm. I wasn't born. 1987, you know, and 2020, I've come out with my version, you know, which tells you that forever that word is settled. If it's the word of God, it's going to be, it's going to remain, it's going to be tangible, it's going to carry the power. So I thank you for giving, giving me the opportunity, you know, and then I'm going to do more. He has more songs that I have to go pick it up and then turn it around. Now yeah. we're going to do your dad's songs. What about yours? Yes, so, um, there's an adage, eh, in tree. I'm going to say it in tree. Or say, see, yeah, who would you see a when you are born on the on a hill, you, you don't struggle to be tall. <laughs> you know, so, <laughs> so I have my songs definitely, but there are a lot of songs my father has written that he didn't even produce. Some he produced, but he didn't really push them out. And I believe they have, they carry so so much, so that um the, the, the generation after him should want to work on it. You know, in addition to what God gives me originally, yeah. Go to church, baby. Go to church. Go to church. But this evening, I want to tell everybody where, where you can go this evening. Um, um, uh, you can go to uh, the newly refurbished uh, Kwame Nkrumah oh, okay. Mausoleum because musicians Samini and Kofi Kinata are scheduled to grace the stage uh, this evening at the newly revamped Kwame Nkrumah Memorial Park in Accra. The park, which was officially commissioned this week, is set to host a promising uh, concert featuring uh, these talented artists, among others. Samini and Kofi Kenata have confirmed uh, their participation uh, in the show. The duo express their excitement about the upcoming event, emphasizing that it will be a night to remember.
So for those of you who haven't seen Kofi Kinata in a very long time, yeah. also Samin, a very long time, you get the opportunity to listen to Efe Kumala Love, yes. live. Or a downtown, though. Da you know. Yeah, downtown. Downtown. Uh, so you just, you know, make your way there. Brace, you're not doing anything this evening. So oh, yeah, We're especially inviting you. You and I are going. Yeah, this is put together by the tourism ministry. They've uh, done something incredible at that place. So yeah. we should all go there. Go there and mm. celebrate them. Samin, Pope, Pope. Oh, yeah. That's it. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And that's how we wrap up the show uh, this evening. It's been a wonderful week. We're grateful that you could join us uh, throughout the week. Hopefully, next week you'll be with us here. But uh, Beverly Broom is standing by. Is Beverly Broom standing by? It's a uh, Pius Oh, what's up? You know, I, I don't always, you know, do it. So, uh, we'll leave you with Thank Pius. you very much. All right. So, thank you so much for joining us. Do stay for Prime Business. Investment Limited.
I'm looking for Abena. Abena, there's someone looking for you. Madam, please where's Abena? Abena, yes, is this who you are looking for? Ah. Madam, please get me up now. Please. Bella. Abena, bra. Abena, Abena, Abena. Oh, Abena. It's not Abena rice. I can't eat any of it. Abena rice. Enijian kwa. FDA. Ajay, daddy in crats will yatsu. Mommy, I'll buy a big TV. Thank you. Mommy, I'm going to cook for you always. Oh, thank you. Mommy, I'll buy you a big car. I'll buy you a big house. Thank you. We are really celebrating mothers at Lakeside Estate. This Mother's Day, we are offering you the opportunity to experience the tropical bliss of the Seychelles Islands with every home you purchase with Lakeside Estate. You can choose from our two, three or four bedroom homes and secure an expense-paid trip to the Seychelles Island for you and your family, especially your sweet mother. It's time to give mothers a treat. Do yours in style. Call us on any of these numbers and let's give you the home ownership experience of a lifetime. Offer lasts till 31st July 2023. Terms and conditions apply. To you by Ecobank, the Pan African Bank. It's time you switch to Bell Park today.
Hello, good evening. Welcome to Prime Business with me, Pius Kojobaka. Straight up, Economist Intelligence Unit is reaffirming its end-year inflation rate of 38.1% on average for Ghana. Well, this means some prices of goods and services will remain high this year. According to the UK-based organization, the upward domestic price pressures will be spared partly by pass-through effects of the introduction of new taxes and utility tariffs. Here is more. EIU expects global inflation to ease slightly from 9.2% in 2022 to 7.1% in 2023. Inflation in Ghana will also fall from the high of 50% plus in 2022 to about 38% in 2023. However, it will still be on the high side. According to the UK-based organization, the high global commodity prices stemming from the Russian invasion of Ukraine will continue to weigh on some prices of food products. Again, the strong US dollar will keep annual inflation well above the 2019 levels globally. Inflation went up marginally in May this year to 42.2%. This was driven by food inflation, which surged to 51.8% from the 48.7% recorded in April. Senior finance lecturer at the University of Ghana Business School, Dr. Benjamin Amwa, says banks cannot be held totally liable for the impact of the domestic debt exchange program. Well, this is coming at a time a lot of government bondholders have been made worse off due to the recent debt exchange program. Dr. Amwa explained that banks are primary dealers whose responsibility is to sell. What is the right of the customer? Mm. And do the customers or the client know their right? And more so, whose responsibility is it to educate the customer when it comes to some of these instruments? Is it the bank? Is it the issuer? Or is it the regulator? Mm. These are, or is it the case that the customer himself must educate himself to understand the product that he or she want to buy? These are some of the conversations that we can have then having had that conversation, we can now position what the banks did and what they did not do right. But it would be difficult for me to say that uh, a bank should be held responsible. They appear to me to be more of primary dealers whose responsibility was more to sell the bond. It was the responsibility of the bond, sorry, the, the buyers of this bond, to know their rights and responsibility, pay their bond indenture, and who should hold responsible should there be any form of default or any form of non-performance as far as the bond instrument is concerned. If you look at the case of the cocoa bonds, like the case of the cocoa bond, Bank of Ghana said the banks were not to sell to individuals. And the banks, for whatever reason, decided to sell to individuals. Mm. That is a clear statement from the regulator. So for such a case, once there's clarity on it, then a case can be made by the party that feels that that party has been wrongly forced into a contract. Now, organized labor has suspended its intended nationwide strike come Monday, July 10, following the intervention of Council of State to meet them over their concerns. Labor unions in the country earlier, through um, the Trade Union Congress, um, expressed their resolve to embark on an industrial action over the failure of management of Sonoma Sogli to reinstate three sacked workers of 
the Ghana Mine Workers Union and after several appeals and petitions for the company to rescind their decision. But even before July 10 for the scheduled date for the demonstration, well, Council of State has asked organized labor to reconsider their intended strike. Here is the Secretary General of the TUC, Dr. Yaoba, when he addressed the media today. We needed to consult the highest person possible. So we did. Then today, Council of State called us. We were locked up in meeting from 10 o'clock. And the Council of State has assured us, having listened to our issue, they see that we are not asking for the moon. All what we are asking is that our three brothers should be reinstated and that we should work together, together to ensure that our rights as workers should not be abused by any employer, whether they are Chinese or they are Ghanaian or anywhere they come from. So after they, they gave us that assurance, they also requested that we should give them time to work with government to get uh, our demand met. So the leadership that met um, Council of State, we met right there at the premises and we went back to report to them that we are ready to give them that time. Uh, on the basis of that, we agree with them again that we are going to suspend the action which was scheduled for Monday, 10th of July, until further notice. But on the 17th of July, we are all coming back here for updates from Council of State and from the Presidency. They are doing government-to-government -government consultation, so we need to allow time. Moving on to some other stories, the Ghana Shippers Authority is calling for the revision of the maritime law to help regulate activities at the ports. According to the Chief Executive of the Authority, Benunita Bismarck, the revision is necessary to address critical setbacks at the port, such as piracy attacks. Well, she was speaking at the 14th Maritime Law Seminar for selected justices of the High Court. The 14th Maritime Law Seminar for Selected Justices of the High Court focused on how to ensure security in the maritime domain. According to reports, there was 84 piracy attacks on ships in Ghana's territorial waters in 2020. In an interview, Chief Executive of the Ghana Shippers Authority, Benonita Bismarck, said, The revision of the maritime law is necessary to address emerging problems at the port. The thing is, um, the Deputy Attorney General talked about Act 29, which is it's almost six decades. So it is difficult to use a law that doesn't contain all the provisions that you need to address current issues. You know, at the time, piracy in the Gulf of Guinea was unknown. But now, we talked about some statistics about 35 seafarers have been kidnapped, some have been killed. So you need to have a law that can bite. And you can't, as an administrator of justice, you, it's not you. You have to go to the law and apply the law. But if it is not there, then... You know, you can't give what you don't have. So we need to revise, and the, the, the um, 
Chief Justice talked about that we need to revise the law to ensure that it is in consonance with what is happening currently and even for the future. Justice Getchu Tokono added that the anticipated increase in port activities as a result of the AFCFTA will come with its challenges, hence the need for a stronger maritime law. The continued problems in the Gulf of Guinea create serious concerns about the security of seafarers sailing in that area. It disrupts trade flow and have a direct impact on the ability of our ports as a hub for maritime trade. A poor security situation also imposes high costs on imports and exports and puts jobs and economic activities at risk. It is therefore imperative that the judiciary as a third arm of state and government understand how critical it is for us to contribute efficiency and expedition in our adjudication role in order to facilitate a, a safer and more secure maritime space. The law is expected to help Ghana clamp down on piracy attacks in the sub-region. To some more business stories, the Dean of the School of Engineering at the University of Ghana, Professor Elsie F. Kaufman, has said that funding for research to provide critical solutions that will address problems in the country is in short supply. According to her, this gap is hindering entrepreneurs from creating useful innovations and products to meet demands in the market. She was speaking at the Africa Prize for Engineering Innovation by the Royal Academy of Engineering. The Africa Prize for Engineering Innovation gives commercialization support to ambitious African innovators developing scalable engineering solutions to address local challenges and contribute to economic development. Four shortlisted participants were given the chance to compete for the prize for the prize fund of 25,000 euros to support their businesses. Delivering a keynote address, Dean of the School of Engineering at the University of Ghana, Professor LCFA Kaufman said, more work needs to be done to support entrepreneurs in the country. The path of an innovator is not an easy one. And the innovators on our continent face some unique and particularly difficult challenges. First, many African innovators face constraints in accessing capital, infrastructure, and technological resources. This lack of resources can hinder the development and implementation of their innovative ideas. Second, Africa is a continent with a diverse socio-economic conditions. Innovators often encounter challenges reaching underserved populations, addressing poverty, and bridging the digital divide. Third, navigating complex regulatory frameworks and bureaucratic processes can be daunting for African innovators. Consider inconsistent policies, limited intellectual property protection, and inadequate support systems that can, that can and do impede their progress. Funding for research and development is in short supply, restricting the scope and scale of innovation, thus hindering their growth potential. Finally, gaining access to local and international markets can be a challenge for African innovators. Limited market linkages, trade barriers and inadequate distribution networks can hinder the scaling and commercialization of their innovations. 
a winner of the Africa Prize for Engineering Innovations, Anatoly Kiriwajo said the support will aid him to expand his business. We, we think that even winning the prize is even more than the money because it has already done a lot of, of things for us as a company. Uh, first of all, we've grown by 60% by just the training that we've had in the, uh, in the trainings, but also the winning the prize money is going to help us have 3,000 households that are going to be safe, will be feeling safer uh, because of our technology. The program has done a lot of great stuff. As I tell you, yesterday we were speaking to some of the partners here in Ghana that are now aligning us with the right meetings to understand that this product, Kenya could be the next, uh, Ghana could be the next potential market where we could actually deploy this product. The participant of the Africa Prize for Engineering Innovation were also taking through trainings and tailored mentoring, including support with developing business plans, recruitment, financing, and commercialization. More on SMEs, um, because some small and medium businesses have called on government to introduce policies which will cushion the SME sector ahead of the 2023 mid-year budget scheduled for Parliament this month. According to the businesses, reduction in taxes, the facilitation of cheaper finance options, and deepened collaborations will be needed to grow the sector. There is more in this report. Ghana's SME sector contributes up to 60% of the country's GDP and employs over 80% of the workforce. Unfortunately, high taxes and interest rates are a few of the challenges facing the sector. Speaking on Joy Business Social, a weekly podcast which airs every Thursday, some of these businesses outline their expectations ahead of the 2023 mid-year budget review. Chief Executive Officer of Kent Investment, Richard Addison, bemoaned high taxes and expensive cost of capital as a huge challenge facing the sector. So we need to be smart about collecting our taxes but not increasing taxes. At the end of the day, I'm 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 an SME, 15% VAT. I mean, all these taxes. How much am I going to charge for my product? Who's going to afford it? Mind you, the person who is actually sending things into Ghana is getting 0 to 5% interest on loans they are producing in their country. Now, I am paying, what, 25% to 30%. So I am at a disadvantage already. But you want to create entrepreneurs and businessmen in Ghana. How do you do that? CEO of the Chamber of Young Entrepreneurs, Sharif Gali, called for specific and targeted support which will ensure the upscaling of the SME sector. Let's not do the sporadic way of supporting. 10,000 come, there's this 1 million. Then 1 million Ghana CD, you give it to 2 million SMEs. I'm just giving an example. That means there is little to no impact. So if we want to really support our ecosystem, support our SMEs to scale up, then let's do targeted support. I don't mind if you pick five young entrepreneurs in Ghana, grow their business, let them scale up, even if they can raise to the unicorn level, but then they're able to make impact and these people can expand and employ. Then the next time you are coming, you, you target another five. This is the right and systematic way to support an ecosystem. On the need to boost Ghana's participation in the African Continental Free Trade Agreement, managing partner of She's Partners LLC, Sena Jisa, called on government to double its efforts on empowering SMEs to compete on the African market. GEPA deserves huge commendation for um, all of the strategies for with its national export development strategy that is currently running. 
and all of the other initiatives, right? And we on the ground as entrepreneurs, there are lots of entrepreneurs. Of course, things have been done, right? We couldn't have waited. That is fine. But why are we not positioning ourselves? Why are we not quickening up the steps to ensure that we are ready and we are getting positioned? At the moment, if you ask, talk to a lot of entrepreneurs, if you ask a lot of businesses, there are lots of people who can't be bothered about AFCFTA. Put aside, can't be bothered. There are lots of people who do not know. Is there an information center? What is the intentionality to build awareness? What is the intentionality to build sensitization? With the SME sector forming over 90% of business enterprises in Ghana, there is no doubt about its potential to drive growth. Unfortunately, many businesses await the enabling ecosystem promised by government to boost growth. Now, it's day one of the Ecobank Joy News Habitat Fair Fairs Mini Clinic, and exhibitors are highly expectant. Prospective customers and clients will come and patronize their products within the next three days. Now, they tell Joy Business most of their products have the best discounts ever on the market, hence a perfect opportunity for homeowners and potential ones alike to take advantage of this fair. Exhibitors have showcased their um, products. First, first off, let me quickly jump to Green Opal Properties to tell us what they have for us. Pleasure you could join me, sir, on the marketplace. Tell me what is Green Opal all about and what are you looking forward to? Okay, Green Opal is all about building homes, beautiful homes, elegant homes, luxurious homes for the general public and the people in the diaspora. Currently, we are doing three, four, and five bedroom houses. And our main area of development is really Adenta Aviation Enclave. Yes. What are you looking forward to at the end of the first day? Okay, at the end of the fair, we are looking for that one uh, will be open to the public. The public will get to know us more. And then at the end of the day, we'll be able to close deals as well. So, um, we are GHS Housing Limited. We are located at Kuntinse um, Satellite Junction of the Amasamai Road. Um, we have one, two, three, four bedroom houses. We have expandable ones and non-expandable ones. We also um, have introduced our service plot currently that we are selling. Um, we sell them in three. We have 56 by 64. We have 77 by um, 74. And then we have 70 by 100 all at Kuntunse. That is where the properties are. Elegance Homes is a construction company and we have a real estate company. We sell three, four, five bedroom houses in a gated community located at Katamanso of the Adenta Dodowa Road. We have a, an affiliated company called Elegance Homes Products which manufactures and fabricates windows and doors from UPVC. They are all UPVC windows. We also sell uh, Gibson adhesives, uh, corner moldings, plasterboards, and many more. Yes. Interplus is a pipe manufacturing company. That is what everyone knows us for. But aside that, Interplus has these beautiful windows and doors that we also do. So we have them in white, we have beige, and we have gray. So Interplus manufactures this in Ghana here. All the profiles are done by us. We take the measurements, we do the installation. This is a simple sliding system that comes with a mosquito net. We have this gray, we call the tilt and turn. You can open fully for more air, and you can tilt it um, just to control especially in the rainy season when you still need water to come into 
you don't want water to come into the house, but you need fresh air. So we have this double system as well. So all these are manufactured by Interplus. When we talk about Interplus, quality is what we are very particular about. So with our windows and doors also, we have all the expertise in the house. We recommend, we advise, and then we do the installation ourselves. So it's from start to finish. So that is what we have available here for visitors. And we do know that tomorrow will be day two of the Ecobank Joy News Habitat Fair. You just want to go to that Chimota Mall to get yourself sorted. And that's it for the bulletin. I am Pius Kojobaka. You can get business stories when you log on to myjoyonline.com forward slash business. I leave you with international business. Do enjoy. Bye. products from Blaze GVS Pharma. Food juice drink. 
This advertisement has been vetted and approved by the FDA. Hey, Charlie, what number? The malaria really knocked you down, eh? Hey, Charlie, no joke. Fever, headache, vomiting, loss of appetite. I couldn't even eat my usual fufu. <laughs> you and your fufu. But I hope you got it tested before the malaria treatment. Yes, I did. And thanks to Malatu, I kicked out malaria one time. When malaria strikes, take Malatu, containing Arthometer and Lumifantrin. Comes in tablets and suspension for effective treatment of malaria. Great to have you back. Thank you. No problem. Malatu is suitable for adults and children. Manufactured and distributed by NS Chemist Limited. This advertisement has been vetted and approved by the FDA. Many people think I get whatever I want because I'm a popular actress. But no! That is not true. Me and Kasano, and when I find it, I stick to it. My shishimanya bell pack tissues, bell pack ewe tea roll, bell pack tea roll, soft but not weak, strong but not hard. It is smooth. Me yusua me It's just perfect. Same as the kitchen towel. What you bakwa? What you mean the one bell pack kitchen towel lasts longer and saves you money. It's time you switch to bell pack today. Say your pocket tissue, table napkin, tea roll, and a kitchen towel. Bell pack is simply the best. It's just perfect. Mommy, I'll buy a big TV. Thank you. Mommy, I'm going to cook for you always. Oh, thank you. Mommy, I'll buy you a baker. I'll buy you a big house. Thank you. We are really celebrating mothers at Lakeside Estate. This Mother's Day, we are offering you the opportunity to experience the tropical bliss of the Seychelles Islands with every home you purchase with Lakeside Estate. You can choose from our two, three, or four-bedroom homes and secure an expense-paid trip to the Seychelles Islands for you and your family, especially your sweet mother. It's time to give mothers a treat. Do yours in style. Call us on any of these numbers and let's give you the home ownership experience of a lifetime. Offer lasts till 31st July 2023. Term and conditions apply. We've had news file over the weekend and uh, an interesting part of the conversation. Focused... Oh no, we are out of range. Oh, don't worry, Daddy. I have Alex in my bag. Alex, what? Alexa, open Multimedia Ghana and play Joy FM. Super Hits Radio, Radio. Joy 99.7 Listen to Joy FM Hits FM Love FM Live on your Amazon Echo Listen to your favorite multimedia radio stations live on your Amazon Echo device by saying Alexa Open Multimedia Ghana, play Joy FM or Hits FM or Love FM or catch up on your favorite podcast by saying Alexa, play and then the name of your favorite podcast from Multimedia Ghana. For a list of all podcasts available, say Alexa.
Axe Multimedia Gutter to browse programs. On air. And we are back like we never lost signal. Alexa, welcome to Multimedia. Segment is brought to you by Commander DBS Industries to you. Let's go to DBS Industries. Uh, Stephen Apia, he has appealed to the Ghana Football Association to adopt proper channels for the appointment of ex-Ghana uh, internationals to management committees. Now, the former player expressed disappointment with the manner in which the Ghana Football Association appointed him to the management committee for the 2022 World Cup, which he failed to attend any of the meetings because of the manner he was appointed. Now, according to him, he felt unhappy with the lack of respect in the lead-up to the formation of the committee and has thus called on the Ghana Football Association to exercise candor and respect in these appointments. He's been speaking to my colleague, Muftar Nabila, on Prime Tech. He knows that when it comes to but who am I to say no if uh, I, I'm given an opportunity to serve? To say no, I will. I will, but it's like how we go about things. I will. I will. I think people should let me look into the camera and people, me, me, I mean, myself and Kurt, we are, we are very, very cool. People think that there is uh, some fracas between the two. No. We are very, very cool. I mean, we share, I, we are very, very cool. But I think, I'm, I'm one person who always wants things to, to be done in the right way. That's it. So your appointment was not done in the right way? I said, I'm, I'm a type who... I mean, oh, I like that's to the question, yeah. 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 It, no, so in other words, I just know your appointment was not done in the I right think way. Maybe I didn't, I didn't get it right the way I wanted it to. So how were you supposed to be called up? So the next time, when they want to call you up to the national team, they'll know that, okay, this is a channel we need to go to get statement. Oh, no, yeah. we, have, we, have, we have spoken and then uh, 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 whoever knows. Well, it's not about only Steven, it's about, I mean, all former yeah, players. all former, not even former, even current players. I think people should be treated in the right way. Steven, you are not properly treated in your appointment to the management committee. I, have, I said people, no, I said people, when they are, no. they are giving them appointment, they have to do it in the right way. But it this clearly be, suggests that you were not properly treated. No, I'm, I'm just, it's, it's, it's a message that I'm sending out there. It's not about Stephen Apia. I say we have to do things in the right way. Stephen, Capito, yes. Tornado, yes. three names I've called uh -huh. separately. And what you are saying suggests that your appointment as a management committee member of the Black Stars uh -huh. was not properly done. So you were not properly treated. I said we have to do things in the right way. <laughs> we have to do the things. Who called you right up way. for the appointment? Oh, I think we. You see, I will. I, will, I mean, you are a brother, and we will go way back. And you are one of the people that, uh, when I'm talking to, I have to let everything. But I think um, we are. We are. We are in a position now that things are not. Things are not right when yeah. we talk about the national thing. So I think certain things I have to. I have to put it aside. At the right time, maybe we can we can talk again and then. In your book? Yeah. No, no, in my book. No, there. <laughs> you see, at times you have to weigh the, the the situation. 
Oh, but the, env the environment right now is very calm. It's not. It's extremely calm. No, it's not. Now, let's get to another former Black Stars captain. And this time, Asamoah Jan, he has urged leaders of Ghana football to be humble and learn from what Morocco is doing right with its football. Now, the 37-year-old uh, at that nobody is perfect and Ghana should be open to turning to the North African country for lessons regarding its fallen standards with football. Now, Jan, who is in Morocco, posted a video of himself touring facilities there with a caption that was pretty straightforward, calling on Ghana football authorities to learn from the North African country to help revive the ailing Ghana football. And so to me is Daniel Crantin, and just a few weeks ago, he happens to, uh, uh, to have been in Morocco and had the opportunity to talk quite a number of the facilities there and indeed did share some glowing tributes on social media relative to what is happening in Morocco. So the question to him, Daniel, thanks for joining me in the studio. The question is, what is happening in Morocco? For which reason the former Black Stars captain, Asamajan, is beckoning on the Ghana football authorities to be humble. That's very instructive, to be humble and learn from Morocco. Um, first of all, we need to establish a premise that football is now scientific. It's gone beyond just basic talent, and that means you need to put structures in place to be able to and nurture the talents you have and take them to a certain level that will be able to compete with the rest of the uh, top talents out there. And um, I'm sure he's, he's gone, he's visited the facilities and he has seen how they have improved their, their groundwork to make sure that their, their talents are up there among, among the best when it comes to facilities. Um, you talk about the Mohammed V um, complex where they have a multi, uh, what do you call it, state-of-the-art um, facilities um, that caters for from grassroots up to up to senior level, and that is where football is heading to. You have a similar facility in England as in Georgia. You have a similar facility in, in in France and all these top top countries. That is where football is going. And basically, I think what uh, Baby Jet was talking about was the provision of facilities um, in terms of infrastructure, and also when it comes to. And what they are doing at those uh, facilities in terms of the training of players, training of coaches at various levels to make sure that at every single level mm. um, the players are equipped with the right um, knowledge and know-how that when they reach the senior level they can compete. And that is exactly what Morocco is doing. Again, there's no coincidence that um, African football at this particular point in time, they are basically top, if not top number one, they are basically mm. very... Uh, a match so in the top three when it comes to African football as a stance. They've already created a record at the last World Cup, reached the semi-final, first yeah. African country to reach that semi-final. Yeah. It didn't go too well for them at the last AFCON. But across board, when you talk about women's football, their women's team made the final of the last AFCON. Mm -hmm. And that was a huge improvement. You look at their, uh, their youth teams and their under-23 AFCON that is going on. So you can see that the success is, is, is not just in terms of the senior team, but the success is all round when it comes to Moroccan football because it's a plan that they've put in place to make sure that at various levels, be it male, female, youth level, senior level, they will improve. And it, it's happening for them. And it's also no coincidence. And when you listen to Baby Jet, or Asamoah if I'm putting yeah. that way, <laughs> when you listen to Asamoah he's talking about Ghana being humble. That talk of being a, a powerhouse in African football, results is what... Are, are what uh, showcase whether you're a powerhouse or not. You can't be kicked out of the group stages at an AFCON. The same is happening at under-20 level mm. and, uh, and at under-23 
your under 17s are not even qualifying for the AFCON, and it's happening the same in women's football, under 17s are banned. Um, it's just not happening all across. And it just shows that when these results are going or not going your way, mm. it can just show you that, look, you are maybe past it as a powerhouse and you need to sit back and, and start uh, uh, addressing the root cause of the problem. Yeah, well, um, at the, uh, uh, the under-23 AFCON tournament, the Deputy Minister for Sports himself was there. Mm -hmm. And interestingly, he also had the opportunity to tour some of the facilities. And he had a very, if I should call it, humble, you know, confession yeah. to make relative to the state of the art facilities that are in Morocco and even the kind of system they are operating as far as their football system is concerned. <laughs> and we have that sound and credit to Dan Kwekuyebo TV for that sound. Let's listen to the Deputy Minister for Sports, Evans Bobby, uh, speaking about the facilities in Morocco. And to give you an idea of what the former Black Stars captain, Asamanjan, is imploring on Ghana football authorities to be humble and learn from. All right, we'll, we'll try and get uh, that uh, that that uh, that uh, sound for you pretty shortly. But I mean, you, yeah. you know, we talk about the facility, the Muhammad V facility. All right, and if you listen to what the deputy minister was talking about, he spoke substantially about that facility. We have that facility. It's going to be rolling your screens while we speak about it. He spoke about the nature of that facility. The fact they have eight pitches, they have even one that is completely covered. But at the heart of it is the kind of investment they are making in sport. And how serious they are taking this investment. He says there are regional academies. In the case of Ghana, where you have 16 regions. So there are 16 regional academies facilitated by the state. And all these regional academies feed the national academy. In Ghana, the closest we have is the Ghana Soccer Center, which even the Black Stars, or I don't know which national team, can even be able to sleep there. Today, the Black Queens are preparing for the Olympic qualifier and even have to also prepare for the uh, AFCON qualifier against Rwanda, and they are doing other crafts possible. Ordinarily, if you have such a national facility, that's where it should be happening. Yeah, but unfortunately, um, maybe you are just not serious about uh, football. And I think that is exactly where Asamoah is coming from. Even the fact that a deputy sports minister will go to Morocco, and it seems awed by the fact that they have this sort of facility. It's a serious indictment on our sports policy in, in, in this country, because in 2023, I was very surprised to see a deputy minister of sports in Ghana go and be surprised about the fact that another African country has this. If he doesn't know that um, modern facilities, infrastructure in sports um, of this nature can influence the sort of products that you generate, then, then, then I don't know. And for, for, for him and for us, and it's, it's, it's quite disappointing that he needs to go out to Morocco to be able to uh, see this thing in what is this is what they are uh, it's a seventh year of, of of government we need to start seeing some of mm. these uh, very intentional efforts to to improve um, our level of sports and again when you talk about i'm not talking about sporting um or football in in, in particular but in terms of sports this country has a, a general lack of uh, facilities when it comes to sporting disciplines we so, talk so about what we have on our screen that's the morocco yeah uh, national academy the mm -hmm. muhammad v academy this is this is um, a facility that was built by the state mm -hmm. to literally cater for all their national teams. And this is what I'm sure Asamojani is seeing in Morocco, for which reason he's calling on. And that's why I make the point that it's not just about the Ghana Football Association. It's also about the government yeah. and the kind of investment they make in sports. Now, we have the, the Deputy Minister of Sports uh, when he made that confession, when he went to visit these facilities. And in fact, um, so let's listen to Ghana's very own Deputy Minister of Sports, who was even wowed by what he saw in Morocco. That 
complex alone, eight pitches, eight solid pitches, be of all light, FIFA standard. But the Oma Catasso covered the Abushim Bobo Queen Suto and Kamobia, and only artificial natural. The highest grid abba, artificial and I and organ and all my eyes as a trim. Good, you know, I feel the other DNA and a trim that I had done a phenomenal bow. Let us be a more hybrid bark, hybrid in here, natural and artificial, and at the Akame natural. I know. Then they also have uh, 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 a medical center. They are advanced. Then they also have water therapy. Brazil, Ronaldinho, na mi hunsu preno oyebi e o tiviso. Ene ma be hunsu feseka e o morukha. Unkolano, region biya one academy, national academy. Ni ubi na individual bi na akoye. Our so Barcelona junior team, this is our national team. We cry. Two staffers and a Barcelona home number five in the area. Yeah, so that's the deputy minister for sports, Evans Bobe Opoku there, and essentially he was talking about the facility which he saw earlier where he went to visit, and the fact that it's a national uh, uh, facility which was uh, built by the state, and they also have regional academies which help to feed these, this very national academy and talk about some of the facilities they have there, the medical center they have there, the hotels they have there, the water therapy system, which he had never seen before until he went there, essentially pointing to the level of investment that Morocco is making in sports, for which even the former Black Stars captain Asamajan is at least imploring on Ghana to be humble and learn. So even from the deputy minister himself, it's, it, he is the one and his boss, they have to take action beyond telling us what they are seeing, isn't it? Exactly, and they have to do it in conjunction with the, the GFA because the GFA is the one who sets the plan, take it to the ministry, ministry will fund it. Mm. So if there's no vision across board, uh, what we are seeing right now is exactly what we are seeing. So we are clearly seeing a lack of vision. Mm. Um, hopefully he's gone there, he's seen how it is done. He'll mm. come back and apply pressure on the various or the necessary sporting federation with the GFA to work together and hopefully we can get something like this done to improve our talents because what it's getting to is quite embarrassing for Ghana football. Well, it's quite embarrassing for Ghana football where it's gotten to and we need to get our fundamentals right. Let's get to the Women's World Cup now and it's Nigeria Super Falcons who are planning to stage a strike and boycott the opening game of the 2023 Women's World Cup after the General Secretary of the Nigeria Football Federation, Dr. Mohamed Sanusi, announced that uh, match bonuses for the competition had been cancelled by the Federation. Reports suggest the decision was taken after six senior players, including Captain uh, Onome Ebi, held a lengthy meeting on arrival in Australia following Sanusi's announcement. Now, joining us to provide some more perspective on the matter is Nigeria sports journalist Toby Adepoju, and uh, he joins via Zoom. T Toby, thanks so much for making time to join us uh, here on the Joy News channel. I mean, so, bring us up to speed. What is the status of this threat at the moment? Is it, are they bent on carrying it out, or they have 
uh, you know, just uh, at least decided to uh, hold on there with, with, the, with the strike. Tell me if you can unmute yourself. Oh, um, I hope you can hear me now. Yes, so, I can hear you. Still, I mean, it has really been an unpleasant um, news coming from the camp of the Super Falcons um, since they arrived um, in Australia. We um, heard that um, a lot of disagreement with the Federation. I mean, they held a meeting here in Nigeria before they departed from Australia for that particular campaign. And um, they were told that they wouldn't get you know, additional match bonuses. We would go ahead, they will get you know, camp allowances and $30,000 um, uh, from FIFA. But, I mean, the, the agreement now and the conversation is not around the match bonuses, winning bonus or job bonus or any up they want to put it. So the players still want to get bonuses outside their camp allowance and $30,000 that will be coming from FIFA. So it has really been um, a lot of um, negative story you know, coming from both parties, you know, the NFL and also the, the girls. So but we were still waiting to see if they will take the protest and I was still waiting if the NFL you know, will make you know, quick and, you know, contact with the guests and finalize um, all details concerning you know, financial rewards you know, for the World Cup. But, I mean, why is the Federation taking this very step? And I'm sure it's, it's quite a novelty. It's not something that uh, the national team is used to, that they will play game or not get bonuses. Uh, do you know why the Federation has decided to take this uh, novel decision? I think um, it's, it's still... Uh, I, I think it's, it's, it's more of the Federation not really understanding, you know, uh, FIFA intention with paying you know, uh, players at the Women's World Cup directly, you know. You know, at the last World Cup, there was not this um, $30,000 compensation. It was all about you handing 30% um, uh, from the, uh, from the, uh, from the uh, World Cup money. So that was what our federation did the last time, 30% to the player from the World Cup money from FIFA. But this time around, FIFA introduced this, you know, um, payment to, for the players, which goes directly to the player, $30,000. So I think... Um, the Federation is trying to take advantage of this and say, okay, you have $30,000, so we will not pay you for your match vote at the World Cup. Yes, we'll pay your cap allowances, but for any match you win or for any match you lose, there won't be any conversation about money. So the only money you for a country at the World Cup will be $30,000. And the players are saying, no, this $30,000, you know, created by FIFA is a different thing. So you also have to give us our winning bonuses or our draw bonuses, so to speak, the way the Federation want to put it. So, I mean, so they're asking for that much bonuses. Why the NFL are saying you have $30,000, so you should not earn any money apart from that. So I think FIFA needs to make further clarification that, I mean, about this money. I think a lot of addition are mixing up this um, this policy from FIFA by saying, oh, you have $30,000, I'm not paying you much. But, I mean, finally, Toby, how have uh, Nigerians been receiving this news? Um, what's the, the atmosphere like? Because, of course... Nigeria is representing Africa at large at the World Cup, and people are looking forward to them making great impact. And of course, this news uh, should bring some disappointment in the, in the faces of most Nigerians, isn't it? Yes, absolutely. Um, a lot of fans are not really happy. Um, journalists are not happy. Stakeholders are not happy because I mean, the World Cup, a lot of see from uh, the coach, you know, um, seeing a lot of um, negative words against the federation with the federation replying. So. I mean, it's, it's, it's really a sad moment for, for us uh, as a country. I mean, we were hopeful that you know, these girls you know, could um, represent Nigeria, represent Africa, but 
I mean, the growth of what puts to the NFL uh, to a lot of financial rewards around it. So, I mean, the fans are not really happy. Um, stakeholders, fans, journalists are not really happy. So, and this really kills any, um, any hopes, you know, mm. to have it. Because I, I, I don't see them, you know, performing much with all these distractions. So, we hope I'll be very reach out to them and make clear, uh, clarity in terms of financial reward for the players mm. uh, before. Yeah, so what about the, the state? Before I let you go, what about the government? Is, is the sports ministry possibly just, uh, has it gone, I mean, has it come to the attention? Are they looking to intervene in this matter so that they can ensure the national team performs creditably well at the World Cup? Yeah, unfortunately, we have a new government, um, we have a new president, and automatically all the ministers have been dissolved. So right now, we don't have Minister of Sport, we only have the Ministry of Youth and Sport, uh, which usually uh, just civil servants are not really, they are limited. They don't have you know, that contact to the household of where the president you know, is. So, mm. I mean, it's a tough situation now for the NFL because even to get funding is a bit difficult for them because you don't have a minister mm. you who know, to try to get his funding from the Ministry of Finance or from the, or from the presidency. So, mm. well, but. Um, the news is, is, is really generating a lot of attention. So I think the new president should be aware, you know, his, his media uh, people should be aware of the situation. So okay. I'm expecting of this that the presidency will reach out to the NFL and also to these players and try to find a solution to all the controversy we have been, you know, I mean, witnessing over the past few days. So, but I mean, it's really a tough situation that we don't have a minister right now. We can take up this, you know, you know directly and, and move it to the presidency. Toby, thanks very much for your time. We appreciate it. And we hope this matter gets resolved and uh, Super Falcons go to make Africa proud. Let's talk about tennis now. And world number one, Carlos Alcaraz, gained his first victory on center court as he defeated Franz Alexander Mollet to move into the third round of Wimbledon. The 20-year-old Spaniard won 6-4, 7-6, 6-3 against the world number 84. And that's all I have for you on Prime Sports tonight with me, Razak Musbao. Do have a lovely evening.